Hello, I'm Phoebe. I'm Clancy. And I'm Damien. Now you might be asking, what do an Aussie and a POM have in common? Quite a lot, actually. For starters, Her Majesty has her face over all our currency. There's a great big Union Jack on all our flags as well. We do speak the same language. And we do love winding each other up. Yeah, because you guys can't play cricket. Well, you guys don't want to play us at cricket. That's the big difference. Let's get on with the show. We discuss current events in Australian politics. While on a mission to ensure the Governor General stays in their job. Let's save the, the Governor, Governor General. Do we want to? Do you want ScoMo as president instead? Oh, God, no. There you go. Let's save the Governor General. <laughs> Hello, my name is Damien. Thank you for joining joining me. I am joined once again by the lovely... Uh, okay, who, who will I go for first? Since Phoebe came in first, I'm going to let Phoebe introduce herself first. Hi, I'm Phoebe J. Rose and I'm some bloody pom. Like most of them. <laughs> like most of them. And now she's walked off. Okay, she, she, can't, she can't handle it. Okay, well, since Phoebe's walked off... Hey, Clancy! Hello, Damien. <laughs> Thank you for joining me for this latest edition of Let's Save the Governor General, even though we're not big You're fans welcome. of them. Not big fans of them, but look. No, fuck off the Governor General. Well, you, I'll take the Governor General over President and Vice President Morrison and uh, Joyce. 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 No, fuck all of them and get rid of all of them and just bring in a whole new regime. You want to fuck all of them? Wow, you, you're certainly, you're certainly going to be busy. I think. Fuck uh, off. I had no them. idea you were as... I have no idea you've set up a harem. Only <laughs> uh, a... with those mechanical things that, you know, have spikes on them. Jeez, luckily uh, <laughs> I put the R rating on this podcast, otherwise it'd be a little bit... Anyway, we've got... We've you got probably put like... R ratings on the podcast anyway, Dave. Now the podcast has earned it. So, yeah, so I now... say is the R ratings required because have you read those text messages? Oh, wow. oh, we will get into we will get into text messages a little bit later on, Phoebes. But the the saga, the Brittany Higgins saga, then took a, uh, another turn when the day after the apology, both Ms. Brittany Higgins and Ms. Grace Tame went to the uh, National Press Club of Australia to talk about their experiences. Where Grace Tame made this very interesting uh, interesting comment. I'm not interested in words anymore. I want to see action. The now former Australian of the Year has found her advocacy stifled. I received a threatening phone call from a senior member of a government-funded organisation asking for my word that I wouldn't say anything damning about the Prime Minister. The call so there you go. So Grace Tame alleged in public that someone not Scott Morrison himself and not any parliamentary person, but someone from the apparently the Australia Day Council called her to get to get an assurance that she wouldn't say anything bad about the Prime Minister. What are your thoughts, ladies? I think that we should do what Scott Morrison did at the very beginning. Don't comment until the time is right. <laughs> And I don't personally think the time is right to comment on this Grace Tame nonsense well, at this precise yeah. moment in time, because it just feels like, hey, I'm playing politics and there's an actual criminal trial going on next to me. Yeah. 
Well, so so Grace Say made the news at the Australia Day uh, the Australia Day presentation, where apparently she gave the Prime Minister a load of side eye, as if you know, please piss off, please don't talk to me, you know, please please bugger off. Um, but she did actually like the things that she did actually shake the Prime Minister's hand. So so in that particular shot you're looking at there, um, you know, they did shake hands and all that kind of stuff. And then as the as they both pulled away, you know, she she gave the Prime Minister this really dirty look. It's like, well, okay. Um, yeah, but I think I think Grace Tame does need to name who it was that uh, made the phone call just because it now... It does look like she's trying to smear Scott Morrison, even though he had... Everyone's come out and said he's had, he's had nothing to do with it. Which is, yeah. Well, nothing more to say on that, I don't think. Nothing okay. more to say on that. Uh, but yeah, so even though Parliament has Parliament has just uh, has been back for a couple of weeks, and I think they're about to bugger off because there's an election coming up. But one of the important things that happened during uh, this latest term of Parliament was, oh gosh, I lost the video. I've lost it. I don't need to say that twice. Lost uh, it. You never had it. I'm trying not to. You're so lucky you're in Oh, England. you're mean, baby. Yeah, you're mean. He had it once. Ma- maybe you should. Okay, apologize. I'll grant you that. Maybe you should apologise like our Prime Minister Scott Morrison did. I am sorry. Well. We are sorry. I'm sorry to Ms Higgins for the terrible things that took place here. But I'm sorry for far more than that. For all of those who came before Ms Higgins and endured the same, but she had the courage to stand. And so here we are. So we are sorry for all of these things. And in doing so, each of us taken accountability for changing these things. And that was a recent parliamentary apology to women who have been affected by bullying and sexual harassment in the federal parliament uh, since uh, yeah, since the beginning of parliament uh, in response to the Higgins report, which uh, one of its first suggestions was a national apology to the to women, uh, to par- female parliamentary staffers for the bad behaviour of uh, the people in of the people in parliament. Bad behaviour? Bad behaviour? Criminal behaviour? Yes, indeed. Criminal behaviour. So, so you know what I hear from that apology, um, guys? Yes. Is, I'm really, really sorry that this ever became public and that it's in the public realm and that we now have to actually do something about it. That's all I'm hearing about the apology. I'm not sorry it actually happened. I'm not sorry that people were injured by this. I'm just sorry that you know about it. It's interesting you say that because the next part of this report says... Well, despite the apology, many Australians found the gesture to be too little too late. They say Mr Morrison only delivered the apology to rack up political capital ahead of an election due within months. So, yeah. Now, look, I... There's a part of me that that agrees with you, Clancy. It does... There's a part of me that kind of thinks it is political opportunism. Part of you agrees with that it's political opportunism. Yes, yes. Like, it's I, completely I th- political opportunism. It's trite and it's fucked. Mm. 
Oh, look, I, I think an acknowledgement is the, is the is the first step. Is you know to say that look, okay, yeah, we we acknowledge that bad things. And it was a little bit like with the apology to the indigenous peoples. You know, I think that um, as yeah, I've I've said my bits my bit about that before, but I think at least it was a you know I suppose one of those necessary first steps, and maybe this was the necessary first step. Um, but yeah, I I suppose I'll get your Phoebe your view from afar. What did you think of the parliamentary apology? To embarrassment. What? Why do you say that? Why do you say that? Because he felt like he was going cap in hand, please forgive me and please forgive us for these nasty, nasty things that you were never supposed to know ever happened. Please forgive us. Cap in hand going, I'm a man, I'm a white man, I'm a white middle class man, I'm a white middle class middle aged man from a party that's been steeped in misogyny for decades from Robert Menzies to John Howard to the wonderful man who's been featured on our podcast before, Tony Abbott. 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 We did an entire episode Mm -hmm. on him and his parties nonsense towards a certain female Labour politician who happened to occupy the highest elected officialdom in Australia. So for it to come from someone who looks like him is ridiculous. He should not have been the one giving it. It should have been a speech that was given by his most senior woman Mm. in the cabinet. Mm. But who the bloody hell's that? That's a good question. Um, Michaelia Cash. There's a person you want apologising for harassment well, in, the, in the workplace. There's an interesting person because she apologised not much at all for the fact that the Liberal government was bringing the religious discrimination bill and uh, she thought it was a good thing. We will get to that in a second, but there is one more point I want to make about this apology. And I, I, I did read somewhere, It was I've read the first few sentences, but it was, it was behind a paywall. I think Scott Morrison should have given this apology after the Brittany Higgins the criminal trial of the person who was, of the person who, who allegedly raped her. Because now, he, now he's gone and said, look, Ms. Higgins, I'm personally sorry to you for what happened in this place. I'm sorry for what happened to you, that kind of stuff. That would likely poison a jury that 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 would that would influence a jury mm. it's called subjudice and you can't go around flouting it because a judge worth their salt now has to say have you heard of scott morrison during <laughs> voir dire indeed yes uh, have you heard of scott morrison well uh, yes but yeah i yeah, I've really yeah. Because if we if we're interested in the course of justice, then yeah, either he should have left the personal because there's a, there's a part where he looked up at Brittany Higgins in the public gallery and you know looked straight at him and said, "I'm sorry for what happened to you." You know, I think is a uh, yeah because there there was a piece that I read, starting the first few sentences, where his lawyers have now applied for an indefinite stay of proceedings. And it's like, well, if you're interested in justice for Brittany Higgins, I think the thing you should be doing is 
shutting your mouth until the course of justice has flown and then uh, open it up. Yeah, look, I mean, basically he's being a prick about the whole thing. He needs to just apologise and move on and not exacerbate the situation. That's well, all I'm saying. Well, so, so what, what, he's made it worse by what he said and his actions. Well, hold on. He has, he, has, he has officially apologised in Parliament, so what more do you want him to do? Yeah, but what does he apologise for exactly? Well, he's a... I suppose it's the same thing. What, what did Kevin Rudd apologise for? He's, a, he's acknowledged that the uh, the part. There's a big the... difference between what Mr Rudd did and what Mr yeah. Morrison has done. Okay, well, Mr, what, 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 Mr what Rudd is has not has not has not waded into ongoing legal proceedings. Hmm. He did that, that, not that... wade into ongoing legal proceedings when he made his apology. Yes, okay, there are circumstances around the the, the Rudd apology, but. Mm-hmm. The Rudd apology to the group that he made his apology to is entirely incomparable to the group that Mr. Morrison made his apology to Mm -hmm. because there was a direct duty of care that the governments of the day hold to those who work in the legislature for the government and those other members of the legislature. No worries. Anyway, um, and make, making it making a point about all of this is that Morrison and his government have made it very clear that they don't give a shit about anyone who has a view opposite of their Christian fundamentalist informed opinion. No worries. Um, Speaking of which, I think that's a great segue uh, into uh, the religious discrimination bill, and oh, what joy. a what a very bad state of affairs <laughs> that has become. Uh, what was apparently going to be, uh, I think, the prime minister actually kind of sold it as like the cornerstone legislation, something that had to be passed for his government to uh, feel some sort of validity. Uh, and vindication, the legislation has passed the lower house, but is now being uh, committed up in up in the Senate. Well, this is really interesting, actually, because it sounds like the Attorney General has basically gone, "Hey, you guys, you need to drop this because you're about to get yourself into a whole shit of trouble. We don't need this right before an election. Say. Above what? Absolutely, because." It doesn't look very good to people like me. And mm. you'll recall in episode one that I am a trans woman and people like me don't like legislation that says, hey, I don't like you because you're you. Mm. Now, sod off. Exactly yeah. right, baby. And you, I don't know if you listened to the episode that um, Damien and I you know, recorded without you, so apologies for that. But we did talk a little bit in depth about the whole legislation with the um, religious discrimination bill, mm-hmm. and I think it's a really fucking bad idea on mm-hmm. lots of levels, including mm-hmm. the fact that it does dis- discriminate directly against transgender and bo- non-binary and exactly yeah. yes. Okay, so so he, he, so, he, he sorry, you you first, yep, you finished. No, that's okay. I'm 
Okay. I was going to say, the idea of being protected from discrimination on the basis of your religion is a good idea. Yeah, I, I don't see too many problems of, I of that. I don't think it is. Okay. Because it, 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 I think everyone should be discriminated against who believes in religion because well, you're no, fucking wait, 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 wait. So we already we already have protected classifications like race, gender, um, or all that or political belief, uh, union affiliation, or all, all that kind of stuff. So being discriminated against on the basis of your of your religion, I think that's a, that's a good thing to protect against. However, Here's the what, other thing you have to understand with this. Actually, if, 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 let, let me get this slide out first, and then I'll let you, let you interrupt. But I think where the problem is, is that it doesn't stop people discriminating against you on the basis of their religion. No, that and that's the key issue with this. It does Indeed, not yes. stop people discriminating against you because they believe you are wrong. Again, so, yeah, so... The, so, 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 okay, the problem so, with the whole legislation is that you choose your religious belief but you don't choose your sexual orientation or your gender. Mm. So if someone discriminates against you on that basis, it's completely false. If we're talking about people who has have a religion or religious belief, that's fine. Practice it in the privacy of your own home. Yep. We also have a right to be free of your religion. Bravo. Mm-hmm. Don't there is a fundamental requirement in a democratic society to accept that there are certain things that you cannot allow. And the number one thing that you cannot allow is you cannot allow any member of your citizenry or any visitor to your citizenry to be discriminated simply because they exist. Mm. Their existence is not something that is up for debate. As I've mentioned on this podcast before, I'm of Jewish ethnicity. Uh And whilst a lot of people will say, well, that's a religion. No, no, no. It's an ethnicity as well. I'm also a trans woman. I didn't choose to be a trans woman. I'm also white. Uh I didn't choose to be white. You, if you I was, who you are. yeah, and I can't choose these fundamental characteristics of me. Yep, I can't choose them. But I did choose to leave religious Judaism. I did choose to leave Christianity. I choose to be an atheist. It is a choice, my religion. It is not a choice that I am trans. It is mm. not a choice. I agree. I agree with Phoebe. And, the, and this is where I'm coming from too, is it's like your sexuality and your gender is not a choice. Your religion is whatever you're brought up to believe, your religion is a choice. And you can wake up to that choice, but you can't wake up to your sexuality or your gender. You, that's what you are. As far as I'm concerned, you know, so this whole bill to me is fake because you're trying to legislate for people to discriminate against mm. other people. And this it's is what I was saying. It, do, it doesn't protect. It doesn't protect someone discriminating against you on the basis of their religion. It really doesn't. It really and doesn't. We already have those protections in place. That's the stupid thing about it. But it's because... removing protections for others. 
It's because not it, actually adding to the protection. No, no, it's a bit because um, there was a school in Brisbane. I think I think it's called City Point Christian College. That yes, like, I think literally the day place. the day before the school year started, the principal, who is also a pastor, sent out a, a an enrolment contract to all the parents. Uh, basically, oh, what was it? Um, a what they said was, I can tell oh. you the exact wording. Please do. He sent out a letter to parents that said, your child is only welcome at this school if you sign this piece of paper that mm -hmm. says homosexuality is a sin. <laughs> mm. Uh, I think I think it went, it went further than that. Though. I think they would only uh, acknowledge uh, biological gender as well. I, um, I, I'm not wading into that on this bit because I'm not entirely I, certain on that. Okay, but, no worries. I'm just. Uh, but just, he but he definitely said, "You must acknowledge, mm -hmm. or your child is not welcome at this school, and you can go and find somewhere else for your child to go." Unless you sign to say homosexuality is a sin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and this is the thing too. I agree with Phoebe. These these are vulnerable kids to start off with. They're mm -hmm. already in a situation where they're questioning who they are, where they belong, who loves them, you know, all of those sorts of things. And you're exposing them to a situation where their teachers their school are telling them that they're wrong. And that's I, just fucked. Okay. I'm sorry. That's there's, a fucked. Line, there's a line that I can see on the screen in front of me that says, as stated previously, the college does not and will not discriminate against any student because of their sexuality or gender identity. Mm. It is central to our faith that being gay or transgender in no way diminishes a person's humanity or dignity in God. What a load of disingenuous, hollow, backside waving, arsehole fire setting nonsense that I've ever heard. If you're going to turn around to somebody and say, look, sign this piece of paper that it's a sin to be gay or trans, but we don't discriminate, even though we're saying it's completely wrong and we're going to say that it's a sin and we're going to teach your children it's a sin and we're going to teach your children in the classroom that it's a sin to exist oh, as your sexual orientation or gender identity is absolutely not nonsensical, farcical, hollow words that make Scott Morrison look like the most trite and um, erudite human being has ever existed. Whoa, don't, yep. don't, don't hold back, Phoebe. Don't, don't hold back whatsoever. Look, so, I, th I think, I think Phoebe, Phoebe and I are definitely on the same page here. I mean, my, my personal view is that we should not be funding any religious-based education at all for a start. We should not have it in the public realm. Mm -hmm. If parents want to educate their, their children in a religious tradition, they should be doing it at home or they should be paying full fee for their child to go to a religious institution. And that religious institution has absolutely no impact on the public realm whatsoever and no, absolutely no influence in public government education at all full stop mm. this not shouldn't even be a debate all right you should not have this interaction between education and the government it should be completely separated we should not have 
to even think about this in the pub in the public realm. This simply to me is issue of private faith. If you want to fucking brainwash your children to believe this crap, then that's your personal choice. It should not be a public education realm. Children need to be nurtured. Children need to be protected. Mm -hmm. Children need to be exposed to ideas that are egalitarian and equitable and reasonable. They should not have to be brainwashed into religious fundamentalism and public education should not be a an area where that happens and therefore it should just be completely removed for the whole, from the whole realm of the government. It's, it's hair shirtedness gone mad. Sorry, Phoebe. It's hair shirtedness gone mad. It's some hair shirted, self absorbed narcissist gone absolutely round the loony bin. He's gone absolutely troppo because he's believed his own height and he's believed that he has the inalienable right to dictate the thoughts outside of his realm. And his realm in this situation is running the school. He does not get to run the lives of those who attend the school. I could see in front of me, thanks to Damien, that there's a whole list of sexual immoralities that are prohibited. And this includes adultery, homosexual acts, bisexual acts, bestiality, incest, pedophilia, pornography, but here's the one that's gonna kick you fornication so that means <laughs> that you can't have any sex at all so there's going to be no more children going to his school under his rules because he hasn't realized that you have to reproduce somehow unless of course he's converted to ivf being a wonderful thing and everyone's going to be a test tube baby hey, there's, there's an idea there's a, but uh, just after they said, it, I could see a whole science fiction series in that baby. Uh, so then, uh, all all that is sinful and offensive to God, and is destructive to human relationships and society. That's well, uh, it's destructive to his human relationships and society. It's not destructive to mine. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, look, it's uh, look, yeah, it's uh, like. I think, like, putting this contract out right before the school year starts, that was a bit of a, I think we call it a dick move uh, in my part of the world. But also, yeah, look, if you're in going the UK, to... we'd say he was a wanker. Yeah, wanker, yes. Um, Quite a literal wanker. Oh, he could well be, just so he's, he's hiding it. Um, but, yeah, and... The interesting part of this whole thing, too, to me, was that mm-hmm. the, the uh, group of parents who protested against this and went into the public realm and protested against this and actually said hey we object mm-hmm. and there and there are a group of parents who were professionals who were doctors lawyers teachers what have you and they said we don't want you doing this to our children we're christians we don't agree with you mm. and this is actually against our christian ethos that you are saying Saying to our children that not worthy because they're trans or that they're gay or they're not binary or whatever it was. Yep. They were the ones that say, said, you are going against our Christian ethos. As Christians, we don't agree with you. Mm. The only way I like the only way I would consider this acceptable is if they if he like started a new school 
and he was like completely upfront and said, look guys, this is our contract. If you want to come to us, sure, be in our school and this is, you know, you know, this is the stuff you have to abide by, but don't like railroad the kids and the parents into signing some... Actually, look, having said, like, I just, I just said another thought, like, most most schools have, like, a, what do you call it, like, um, a, a policy of behaviour, you know, like, you know, standards of behaviour. And, you know, they include things like no bullying and no, you know, destructive behaviour and all that. And hardly any kid gets expelled for, you know, stuff like that. You know, like, bullying is, is still a bit of a problem in, in schools. Like, to the point that, you know, it's one of... Um, bullying is probably one of the biggest problems in schools, and yet schools are sometimes very reluctant to properly handle cases of bullying. And now this guy I'm wants. Say that I'm going to have to cut you off here. I'm going to cut oh, that's you good. It is incomparable. These are incomparable. Because what you're saying here is that it is acceptable to classify. No, I'm not. Faith, can I? Sexual orientation. No, no, no. I was saying the comparison here is that it is that sexual orientation is a behavioral choice. No, that's that's not what. Okay, no, that's not. I know that's not what you're meaning. I know that's not what you're meaning, but that's what that's how it's coming across. Okay, no, which is probably not the most sensible thing you want to be making. No, no. What 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 I'm trying to say is that like the school is talking tough about wanting to have students agree with all these things about, you know, adultery and fornication and all that, yet schools barely enforce their own rules now about bullying and assault and, you know, stuff already. I actually do get your point there, Damien, because, yes, they're being very two-faced about this Mm. shit. So they're they're basically saying, oh, it's fine to bully other kids, but we're going to... Well, no, they, no, they, they talk yes. tough about they talk tough about yeah. cracking down on bullying other kids. Yet, you know, bullying still well, they happens. don't. That's yeah, the problem. Exactly, they, exactly. they actually don't. So, and that is though, the problem. The thing here is though, is this head teacher engaging in bullying himself by saying you must sign this? Mm. Otherwise, your enrollment is is null and void. Mm. Yeah, I th- and I, so the, the the thing is too is I'm curious as to know who they think they are offending, and what and what right they think they have to impose this exactly. Because the, what yeah. I'd like to know is is I'm assuming the school has some other structure other than the head teacher is a dictator. <laughs> I'm assuming that the school is run in some way so that there's some committee that helps to run the school. I'm assuming uh, unless, it's unless he did this, Unless he did this unilaterally, unless he decided, look, guys, I- I'm sick of, you know, people believing what they, you know, what they think. So I'm going to effectively threaten to cancel their enrolment unless they, unless their parents sign a piece of paper on their behalf, making sure they agree, and possibly with the threat of expulsion. Um, yeah, no, it's a... The thing that I would say, though, is what bloody right does he have to do that unilaterally? Exactly. I agree with you. <laughs> yep. he ha- well, he obviously hasn't consulted with the school community, hasn't consulted with a 
parents and citizens, mm-hmm. you know, a council, whatever they are. I don't know what they call them in schools these days. But they've not informed this decision. They are the ones going, you're wrong. Hold we on, don't actually what, want this. What's this? Exactly. Mm. So, you know, where has this come from? It's obviously come from his own inner backside. Obsession. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let me just quickly see what, because I think, uh, I'm just trying to think what denomination school is it? And think that, think that this is without the um, Religious Discrimination Act already being in place. So, exactly. So I'm trying this to like, is this before it's been enacted. This is no. a scary thing. Okay, it doesn't actually... This is the scary thing. This this is like, okay, we haven't even enacted the religious discrimination bill and you're already trying to bring this in. Mm. What's going to happen if they bring in the religious discrimination bill? Which, by the way, has been thrown out or shelved. Shelved, yes, yes, shelved. Shelved. I love love that wording, though. It's like, do they actually know what shelved means in a drug and alcohol uh, Well, this clearly isn't a drug and alcohol thing. Basically, they shoved it up their ass and hoped it would keep for later. Indeed. So it would probably be, well, yeah, so it would probably be discussed in the next parliament, whoever happens to... uh, Well, hopefully, Labor will get in and they will just throw it out. It'll be shelved. <laughs> quite quite literally As somebody who's a few hundred, uh, a few thousand miles away, I can't see anyone winning the next election because there's a uh, there's another party there that's gonna that's gonna you know take some seats from one and take some seats from another. They're gonna sit in the middle and go, come on, negotiate with us. Come on, negotiate with us. Come on, Phoebe, come on, negotiate with us. Phoebe, it's really fucking scary. I mean, it's 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 interesting because I was watching uh, Mad as Hell from McCulloch. Have you have you watched that at all in the UK? Yeah, okay. I've seen so, an episode of it. Yeah. Yeah. So so he's he's rather pertinent actually to the political <laughs> political atmosphere here. And I mean, he talks about Albo has been trying to get ready get ready to take over, lost a lot of weight, and been trying to be relevant. And he's, look, you know, all credit to Albo. I used to really like Albo. Albo was my local member and he's a bit past it now. We need to be actually putting people in who are a bit more relevant, who actually know what the fuck is going on. What I would say is that there was a, a quite a famous Australian television character who got disbarred and then ran for the Senate and everyone thought he was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a joke. Mm. But Cleaver Green is actually probably a, an accurate caricature of how the lower house of uh, representatives is actually behaving. The, it, the, it the, really the, the one is. Of, because the difference is, though, between Cleaver Green, as played by Richard uh, Broxborough, Broxborough, and, yeah. and uh, the current crop, is that Cleaver Green was actually a genuine person. He actually tried. He was just a flawed character in and of itself. But I don't genuinely believe that some of these individuals in the lower house of parliament are just flawed characters. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. And there's a famous scene where there's a character in the guise of Pauline Hanson, who stages themselves getting shot 
I wouldn't be surprised if that actually happened in reality. Not necessarily with Pauline Hansen and a One Nation member, but somebody of that kind of extremity and self-absorption and nonsense in this election cycle. And plus, could somebody tell me how wide are these ballot papers going to get? Well, this, this is actually a really good question, Fabi, because they're pretty fucking wide at the moment and they're going to need some very interesting wide, like extendable booths, I think. when they get... <laughs> Because this was the joke that they made in, in, in Rake when Cleaver Green got elected to the Australian Senate. Mm. Surname Green. Everyone, and he, because of the random ballot allocation, Cleaver Green becomes the most left hand person on the ballot paper. So, guess what? The donkey vote goes to the mm -hmm. person who's on the extreme left of the ballot paper. Not necessarily extreme left in your politics, but extreme left on the ballot paper. Yep. And then you have the added confusion of somebody who's also got the same surname as a party. Mm -hmm. So they see confusing. green and you vote green and then you had the nonsense of the small party transfers. I don't know how the small party transfers are going to work this time, but there is going to be an element of it. So you could see some very interesting human beings elected in the upper house. Not necessarily in the lower house because of the two-party preferred system, mm -hmm. which generally eliminates that kind of Horseplay. randomness. Mm -hmm. But in some states that elect six members and have hundreds of candidates, mm -hmm. literally hundreds of candidates... You could see some very interesting human beings getting elected. I wouldn't be surprised if someone from like a sports party or a motorist enthusiast party, you know, crashed the party. Or a or United or, 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 or a party that stands for a United Australia, perhaps. Oh god, no. Don't palm me off with that. Don't, Don't you dare joke about that, Damien. Oh, okay. That's a so. I, I, well, Look, well, uh, I'm gonna well, have to get my hunting, shooting, and fishing out on you if you're not careful. Okay. I'm, I, I'm sorry. If that happens, I'm gonna have to run myself. I, I'd, 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 I'd enroll in Tasmania so I could vote for you. There you go. <laughs> that's no. So Look, just while, while I would have out there. Classy, the overflow party. There you go. Uh, so while, while you two ladies were discussing that, so I actually found what denomination that City Point Christian College belongs to and their Pentecostal, which just happens yeah, to be the same denomination me. as the Prime Minister. Doesn't surprise me. So Pentecostal... for you, Damien. What was your religious affiliation? Uh, I was... <sighs> a bit hard to say because the church I went to was... It was basically... So I... In the course of my religious belief, I went to four different churches. Uh, I started off in the Lutheran church. Uh, I finished in a Baptist church. Uh, in between those two, I went to what's called a Church of Christ Fellowship. Uh, but the one that I cut my teeth in and was most poisoned by were basically um, somewhere between Baptist and Pentecostal. So if you're, so fami if you're familiar with the term charismatic... 
Charismatic sort of, Christian. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so that there, there was definitely in the charismatic. There, there weren't quite hardcore, like you know, handling snakes and you know, doing deliverance services like in the middle of you know whatever. But they were, you know, I'd say inerrant, and you know, like they had a a touch of purity culture about them as well. If you're familiar with purity culture, did, did they did they do the whole? Did the, did the whole purity balls with the fathers and the daughters? No, 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 the... not, no, not, not that, not that, but they... Not quite that bad? No, not, not quite that, but there just were some analogies just in the mentality of how boy-girl relationships should be uh, should be done. And, the, like, mm. I suppose the... Probably the, the, the way it affected me was that um, you're supposed... If, if there's a girl or a guy that you like you have to get permission from your immediate leader to get permission to date that, to ask that girl out. So here's a question for you, Damien. Another one. Oh, my, my time. Roll yourself back in time and do mm -hmm. a thought experiment. Yes. You've got some, you've got a, a family, you've got children. Yep. And your children are enrolled at City yes. Point Christian College. Mm -hmm. Yep. And in your letterbox comes a letter from Pastor Bri What's His Face? Pastor Brian Mulheron. Pastor Brian Mulheron. And it says to you, please sign this piece of paper to affirm that your child's gender and sexual. I would sex fucking is sign what it. Was, is what was uh, on their birth certificate. And that all of these things listed in the sexual proclivities section mm -hmm. yep, yep. are a sin. Yeah, so, uh, what, okay, not necessarily would you sign it. Because mm -hmm. we're pretty certain you would sign it. Yep, that's... But what would go through your head? And what would your opinion of Pastor Mulhenny be and of the college be? Uh, that they're standing up for godly principles. That they're, you know, they're, they're shining the light of God's truth in a dark and rancorous world. That they're, you know, they're trying to do away with this woke nonsense that is essentially anti-Christian. And these guys, they, this, the part, the, uh, the principal clearly wants people in his school to be of the same uh, theological position as he is. And when there is unity in the body of Christ, then then God's spirit will be there with us. What would what would this Damien have said to saying. those? What would this Damien have said um, to those who said that I am a Christian and I fundamentally oppose this contract? Uh, mm. Sorry, uh, like I thought this I thought this thought experiment was me, other me back then. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. What Damn. would that? Yeah, that's why I say. What would this Damien, not this Damien, but this Damien that we're talking about? Ah, uh, now, um, I would go pull your heads in, guys. You know, it's, um, and I think what uh, Clancy said before was that kids need to be nurtured, and I think uh, a, a good yeah. a good school environment will find a way to um, overcome, like uh, I suppose, accommodate or uh, treat with the respect anyone who doesn't quite fit the traditional binary model. So what if one of your children had turned out to not fit the non-binary model? Uh, so it's a good question. Um, I've asked myself that numerous times. Um, and look, I the answer I, I give is that I would still love and support my, my child. Um, I'd probably have to go see some... 
uh, was a torture psychologist to get some professional advice on how I can nurture my child, but they wouldn't stop being my child. And That's here's a fine. question for you. Would you would that Damien have sat in the same room as me knowing that I am a trans woman? Uh, yeah, um, that Damien would uh, would have paid you respect because I, I don't believe... Okay, that Damien knowing you face-to-face -face would pay you respect. But if we were on Twitter and I didn't know who you were and let's say, you know, you hid behind your avatar and I hid behind mine, that Damien would have eviscerated you. Mm -hmm. Would have said that, you know, you've... Probably the worst thing I would have said is that... Uh, you've been infected, infested by Satan. To you've been, you've believed the lies of Satan, in order to believe that you're not who God made you to be. So let's let's take this back to a secular government mm. uh, thing, and let's. This is a good segue into the statement that Stephen Jones made about the recent suicide of his nephew and his son, who's. I thought that was Trent Zimmerman. No, Stephen Jones, Labor front Steve. front bencher. Okay, sorry. So, Good old Steve Jones. Yeah, so he 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 made a very public statement in uh, Parliament about how his nephew had committed suicide recently. Yep. His gay nephew, and his fears for his own son, who likes to dress up in women's clothing, wear high heels and makeup, and identifies as non-binary and how all of this would affect him and his future and whether or not he is safe under a, a government, basically, that would permit these sorts of discriminations against his child. Yep. And this, and this is why I said at the beginning of the episode is that the, the RDA isn't so much about protecting you from discrimination against, on basis of your beliefs. It's... It, mm. It's more, it doesn't stop someone discriminating against you on their beliefs. It doesn't discriminate. Yeah, exactly right. But this takes us back to our podcast a few episodes ago where you and I were talking about this, Damien, and mm -hmm. the fact that parents actually do have a choice in most parts of Australia yep. to not send their children to schools who would do this in the first place. Mm -hmm. And the fact that in areas where some parents don't have a choice and some teachers don't have a choice about their workplace, that's what that's when they're most negatively affected because yeah. they don't have a choice about working in those places or don't have a choice about sending their children to those schools. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, because I think you were saying that yeah, in especially in the remote parts of Tasmania, um, higher education uh, is is severely lacking. Well, it is because in Tassie especially, and I'm not really sure, like, you know, I've only lived in New South Wales, Tasmania, mm -hmm. but in, in Tasmania at the moment, essentially most high school education only goes to year 10 okay, yep. and then it becomes a college system. Yes. Most of the college system is dominated by, by private, religious, religious yep. education. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Um, okay, so the reason I had Trent Zimmerman on my mind is that Trent Zimmerman was one of the five Liberal MPs who crossed the floor in order to uh, vote for an amendment to the RDA that would have protected uh, gay and transgender students. Mm-hmm. 
So that's where. But yeah, you're right. Well, Stephen Jones, I listened to a little. I listened to a little bit of that speech, and I can tell that you know it's really, it, it real. It's really hit him hard, and yeah, I think he's a he's, he's a brave man for coming out publicly and, and and talking about it. Absolutely, I think it speaks very well to him that he's actually come out publicly, and he asked his son permission. Yep, yep. To speak to speak about him publicly as well. Yeah, and uh... and his son has actually commented publicly on it, which is. Yep. nice it humanizes the whole thing but this is this is hugely personal mm. hugely yep. personal they have literally put themselves in the firing line by coming forward and saying this stuff yep. you know and, and there's there's a lot of hate and fear out there against transgender non-binary gay yep. students and, and, and especially from uh, especially from uh, the, the religious uh, the, the religious side, and I think there was a there was a, uh, a news article I shared on my on my Twitter account how the Christian lobby was upset with Scott Morrison for uh, putting in provisions that would prevent discrimination against gay and transgender students. Yep. And it just made me think that hold on, if you're upset that you don't have the legal right to discriminate against someone. Then that's what you know. That, that's what the whole thing's about for you is to give you the right to discriminate against someone. Exactly right. Yeah. And yeah, it's just. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, but it, mm. it to me it is fucking disgusting on so many levels. Yeah, and I think the other thing is it shows that Scott Morrison doesn't have. Um, he's not able to get the entire party behind him on his cornerstone legislation. Well, well, how the, many how many liberal front benches crossed the floor to vote against well, the legislation? Well, five. I don't know about front benches, but um, five M, five liberal MPs. Five MPs crossed the floor. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, for a for a an amendment, so not for the actual legislation itself, but for an amendment. Yeah. So, so, so the bill did pass the lower house, and as we said before, it's been shelved. <laughs> what a lovely word, shelved in the, shelved in the upper house. But yeah, but the fact that. This bill has been years in the making and we're still arguing it out. They're still trying to cut deals. There's still, there is still dissent. There is still, you know, like to me, I don't think John, ha- one- I don't think John Howard would have let this happen. John Howard, you know, would have done whatever he would need to in, in the back scenes, in, in, in the back, in the back rooms and whoever, in order to get that consensus and go, all right, this is it guys. And it would have, you know, it sh- I believe it was John Howard would have sailed through, like w- whether it had amendments or not. But just the way that politics was back then. And I don't given- think John Howard have ever brought it to Parliament. No, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying the, the the style of John Howard and the style of politics back th- back then, the gravitas that John Howard had compared to what Scott Morrison has. Um, yeah, I think just I think Scott Morrison is showing himself to be a manager rather than a leader. What I would say is that you you bring up John Howard and you bring up the politics of the 90s. I would say that any leader from the 90s, so Paul Keating, John Howard, etc., mm-hmm. they would never have introduced this as a standalone piece of legislation. What they would have done, it would not have been a standalone piece of legislation, it would have been incorporated into a larger body of legislation. That's how it would have... Mm. been done it would have been hidden it would have been hidden yeah and it would have been hidden in and amongst other kinds of quote-unquote equality 
legislation as well. Mm. Yeah. That's how it would have been there because you don't want the debate and the discussion to focus on what is incredibly toxic nonsense yeah, yeah, yeah. in the lead up to a federal election. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the thing. Um, I don't know who he was trying to, who who thought it was a good idea to introduce a bill that effectively green lights discrimination. Sorry, it gives one religious group the green light to discriminate in an increasingly secular society right before an election. Well, and this is part of the problem. I think that um, Morrison has severely severely misjudged Mm -hmm. the electorate because he's pandering exclusively to the right-wing religious Given he is a Pentecostal in Sydney, yeah. like that, that's his core market. Exactly. But that's my point. He's ignored pretty much everybody else and he's only looking to his Pentecostal comrades. Mm. And he's obviously given them promises and assurances that this stuff would be introduced yep. and has been completely blindsided by it the reality of what everybody else wants and expects yep, and does not want and expect and has not really understood the, the fact that we don't want this and we don't expect it and we think he's a dick for And, and we've, done, we've done very well without it. This, this we've is the done thing. completely well without it. And it's it's and unnecessary. I, and I think, sorry, and I think if Israel Folau hadn't done the stupid thing that he did, we wouldn't even be discussing this. Well, no, I actually don't think that. I think this this part that was part of a a really? whole. Okay. I think I think there was always this under the ground. There was always this bubbling away. Okay. Israel Folau's whole issue was an aspect of it. I don't think it was a prerequisite. I think it was okay, just one I, of those. I, I see it as one of the major driving forces. So, so even if even if there was this, uh, I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's a driving force. I think it's a an offshoot. Okay. All right. No. Fair enough. Well, okay. Well. I think there was always existing this thing that was bubbling below the surface with the fundamentalist Christians, and Falau is an offshoot of that, and this mm-hmm. is another part of it. Okay. Not. Fair I don't enough. think it's exclusive to it, though. No, 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 de- de- definitely not. But I just think that um, like no. the the debate I don't think really... it's a prerequisite, if you know what I mean. No, okay. I no. think there was there was always this bubbling below the surface, and that the driving force in the Liberal Party, the fundamentalist Christian leaning Liberal Party, was always part of that. Okay. That uh, ethos, speaking, I guess. Okay. I was say, speaking of which, just the, the fact you say that fundamentalist Christian in in Melbourne, uh, there is actually a pre-selection battle going on in one of the eastern suburbs electorates. There is a one of the current mayors of the northeastern one of the northeastern suburbs uh, council areas is running for pre-selection. But the big thing about about her is that she is a a high up Mormon as well. Mm. So there's this uh, there's this thing where she, because she's a because she's a Mormon, um, you know there are people going no get her away we don't we don't want any more religious extremists in our party, 
and yeah, so Send in us a way, some magic underwear. Yes, in in a way, it is it is almost as if the Liberal Party is the home of uh, right wing, um, I suppose, uh, evangelicalism. It, it, sort of sort of like a softer version only of the because, Repu- only, only because so, the country party aren't around in these parts if the country party was there then it would be the country party but the country party ain't there so guess what they're stuck with the liberal party if they want to get elected they aren't going to get elected to the house of representatives on one nation or shooters and fishers or any other right-wing fringe party that can only win in the Senate. They want to get in, they want to find some way in. The Labour Party are going to turn around and say, sod off. The Green Party are going to turn around and say, sod off. Running as an independent, you've got to be like... Good luck with that. Zali Stegel, and you've got to be amazing. But other than that, you're going to find home in one of the two coalition parties. And if mm-hmm. you find home in one where the country parties are riding high, guess what? You're going to be a country party religious person. And Zealot. if you're not in an area with a country party, you're going to be a liberal party religious person. So mm. guess what? It's the nature of the beast with a two-party dominant system. Yeah, but I think it is good that there are uh, elements within the Liberal Party who recognise that, uh, you know, that there is a toxic right-wing fundamentalist uh, movement within the Liberal Party and they're trying to uh, quell the influence of that. So I wouldn't say the Liberal Party is completely hopeless, it's just that there, there's an internal battle that's being fought that is uh, unfortunately uh, one side of it is winning, the other side is... Uh, is, is, is struggling, uh, a way to put it. Yes, and I think that these struggles the struggles of the fight, Australian They're fighting electorate... a losing battle. Precisely. They are fighting a losing battle. Look, they don't recognise that their time has passed. Their time passed 20 years ago. Maybe even right? sooner. 20 years ago. Well, my, my, years most ago. of the voting public in Australia is secular. Mm-hmm. You know what? What? How many percentage at the last? Oh, sorry, sorry. The last census, about sixty-four percent of Australians identified as not actually having a religion. Was it that much? It was. I think it was almost that much. They didn't identify with a particular religion. They didn't necessarily identify as atheists. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But they didn't associate with a religion. So I mean, they, that's, they may that's, have a belief in a god. They may have gods. a belief, but they weren't affiliated with a religion, right? Okay. Yep. So I mean, that's that speaks a lot to Volumes. how the modern Australian ethos is going. We mm. we are a secular country. Most people in Australia do not care about religion in education. We don't want religion in our government. We don't want religion as part of the ruling elite we would <laughs> no. rather Keep decide your... for ourselves where our kids go to school and what religion they follow mm-hmm. um i think the uh, there was a quote that i i may have said this before that there was a quote uh, i really like where it says um uh, religion is, is like a penis you know it's good that you have one um, but keep it to yourself and uh, don't wave around in public and uh, keep it away from my children Pretty much. Pretty that's much, a, pretty much. That, that, that's a good one, although I don't necessarily think it's good that you have one. 
I'm, 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 I'm rather attached to mine. Thank you. For, I'm rather attached to mine. Thank you very much. That's fine. I'm sure it's rather attached to you too. Yeah, it is. It is. Let's put it this way. <laughs> to end on a note that is going to throw the podcast. I used to have a penis and I had it converted into something far more aesthetically pleasing in my mind. Two, two penises. There you go. <laughs> Not two penises? That, that I, th- I, been... I, 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 think, I think I think it's more like a pocket handkerchief, Damien. Oh. It's tucked away and it's discreet and that and that he only brings it she only brings it out when it's necessary. <laughs> what I will say to you is you can keep your bollocks because there's no bollocks here, mate. Okay. Pretty oh, much. <laughs> that's a great way that's a great way to end the podcast. So on that note, thank you, Clancy. Thank you, Phoebe. Until next time, let's save the Governor General. Oh, <laughs> fuck the Governor General. Let's get a president as long as it's not SCOMO. In history's page, let every stage advance Australia fair in joyful strains and that.